Remember what old Roberts used to say? I believe something good's about to happen. Right before he died, just moments before he died, he sat up in the bed and said, I believe something good's about to happen. <laughs> I was thinking about a timeline that it's been, this, this technically is the last Sunday of the year for the union of ALC and Legacy. It's been a year this, this Sunday. And I believe that the Lord's been doing some great things in us that we're not even conscious of. And today I'm wanting the Lord to help me to help to stir us to believe for something so great that we cannot even imagine. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to His power that works in us. <clears throat> you know what power that is? It's the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's the power of the Spirit who gave resurrection to the body of Jesus. That same power is working in us. The exceeding great power, Ephesians chapter 1 says. Amen? So I wanted to, I've got something that it's so vast, I probably will not be able to share all that I want to share today. But more than anything, I just want the Lord to do a work here this morning in us. I want the Holy Spirit to come and do something that we can't do. Stir us up. I want Him to do something that we can't do to ourselves. I want Him to fall on us. I want Him to flow like a river in this place. I want Him to come like the wind. I want Him to fall like the rain, the former and the latter rain together. Are you willing to pray that yourselves? Is that what you want? Let me say this to you up front. <clears throat> Until you get so hungry and thirsty for God that that's all you want, we probably won't get anything. Now, I believe we personally can receive a whole lot from God, but I'm, so, I'm, I'm coveting for this body, which I include both of our churches. I'm, I'm, I'm really coveting the Lord for this, to have, for the Lord to come. See, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to have been alive and well in 1995, when on March the 3rd, the morning of Friday, at 10 o'clock, approximately 10, 15 in the morning, the Holy Spirit came in a way that we had, did not expect when He would come. He blew in like a, like a wind. And how did we know that it was Him? Because it happened to the whole congregation at the same time. I mean, it was like, it was like while it was like a wind. <sighs> if anybody wanted to get up and run at that time, they could have, but nobody wanted to run except run with the Lord. Amen. I believe that's where we are again, 23 years later. You know, it's funny, uh, it's not funny, but it's just unusual to me. When I was in high school, my football number was 23. Now somebody said, what, 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 what is that about? It seems like invariably things happen in my life in 23 year spans or whatever. And uh, so it's been 23 years. I believe something good's about to happen. And I want you to be ready 
And that's what I want the Lord to use this morning as we're talking. Let's start with uh, Acts chapter 3. Would you turn there with me? I've got the old school. I've got a hard copy right here in front of me. If your computer breaks down, you can come up here and look on mine. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 3. I want to I put something in perspective that I believe that Pastor Kevin is, is, is preaching. Uh, listen, I want to give a disclaimer for Pastor. He's giving it for himself, but I'm going to say this. He can't help it who he is. He can't help how he feels. You know why? Because it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's upon him. He didn't wake up one morning and say, Lord, make me like this. He woke up one morning and found that that was the way he was made. And now I'm, I'm really thrilled, and I think you are too, that he's getting comfortable in that place. Because I believe God's going to use him in mighty ways in these days to come. He's using him right now. Pray for his encouragement and trace his encouragement and strength. Because they're going to have to, it's, it's sort of like a birth process. They're going to have to push through. That woman's going to have to push to get that baby into the world. You hear what I'm saying? So that's what's happening. That's in the spirit. I'm telling you, it's in the, hallelujah. Excuse me, I just got the witness of the spirit of God. It's in the spirit. That's what I've been waiting for. It's been a year being here. I've been waiting for that. Today, today, we're thirsty. We're hungry for a mighty, mighty move of God. We don't want to be the same as we've been. We want to be different. We want to be changed from glory to glory and go from faith to faith and go from strength to strength and go from light to light. We want to be changed. Come, Lord. Do what you want to do. I'm praying, y'all, if you know that. I'm praying. Come, Lord. Somebody say, come, Holy Spirit. Come do what you want to do. When you want to do it. How you want to do it. To who you want to do it, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you meant that. <laughs> so you got to set your heart to be ready. This is a heart thing we're talking about. Are you in, in Acts chapter 3? <clears throat> well, that almost, almost was overcome there, folks. You'll excuse me just for a moment while I get my bearing again. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I feel, I feel it. You know, some, you know what somebody said one time, and I thought this is true. Sometimes it's better felt than telt. I'm a preacher of the word. I'm a faith man, but I'm telling you, sometimes that feeling needs to get a hold of you from God. And you know when it comes from God, you're in good shape. When you're trying to work it up, you might be in bad shape. But I feel like people even try to work it up. If they're hungry and thirsty that much, then maybe the Lord will give them the real deal after all is said and done. Amen? 
Are you in Acts 3, 19 through 21? Well, Pastor Kevin would love this two scriptures because it's got three R's in it. Repent, first R. Therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. I don't believe he's just talking to lost people. I believe he's talking to everybody. So that, somebody say, so that. Times of refreshing, second R. May come from where? From the presence of the Lord. That's what we have need of is the presence of the Lord. Jesus said that the Father and He would come and manifest Himself to us. We need manifested presence of God. When God's presence begins to manifest in the houses, people want to gather around. Someone said a long time ago, John Wesley was quoted as saying this. He said, if the church will get on fire, the world will come out just to watch it burn. When the presence of God moves in and begins to flow, folks just want to get in the way of it so it can touch them. And that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until, somebody say until, the times of the third are, the times of restoration. I think one translation says restitution. But the, but the literal word is restoration. Of all things that he may send which has been spoken by the mouth of all the prophets, all the prophets, since when? Since the world began. So this is a present tense reality that the Apostle Peter is being inspired to preach. He said, There's, here, here's, here's the plan. Repent, refresh, restore. Now I can say to you without any reservation, I believe that I've, I've prophesied to Pastor Kevin. I don't prophesy to many people, but I've prophesied to Brother Kevin. He is a rest restoration preacher. He is a reformation preacher. When I introduced him to Earl and Kathleen Cox the other day, I introduced him as the, the reformation preacher. I don't know that he wanted me to do that or not, but I did it anyhow. <laughs> because that's who he is. Doesn't mean he's not a repentance preacher. Doesn't mean that he's not a refreshing preacher. But it does mean very clearly that what we see is he's a restoration preacher. And, and he seems to feel like he needs to apologize to us. You know what he said? I'm not mad. But you know, I think I've sometimes done my best preaching with a mad anointing. <laughs> Amen. For those who don't know my little trembling hand, every time that I forget, I like my microphone in my left hand and it, it trembles a little bit. I'm overcoming Parkinson's. I say to Parkinson's every morning, be removed and be cast into the sea and you must obey me. Amen? Amen? Because Parkinson's is right now is my mountain that's in my way. And uh, hallelujah, and I believe I'm the healed of God. I believe I was healed 2,000 years ago. 
but I'm receiving it right now. Amen? Just like I believe I got, I got saved 2,000 years ago, but I had to receive it right now. Got born again 2,000 years ago, but I had to receive it right now. Isn't that true? That's what you call faith. The operation of faith says, call things that be not as though they are. Romans 4, 17. Why? Because Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is. If faith is now, it's not faith. You ever thought about that? Hebrews 11, 1. I'm, this is a rabbit. I'm just chasing. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is. You know, you could actually have said that really easy. You could have said faith is. But they said, now faith is. So if you're living in now faith, you're saying, I'm healed. I'm the healed of God. That's not power of positive thinking. That's the power of the, power of the Word of God. That's agreement with the Word of God. That has nothing to do with the power of positive thinking. Forget that. If you want to worship at the power of positive thinking, all you go ahead. I don't want to be there. I want to be at the power of the Word. The Word of God in my mouth and in my heart because that's what changes things. Amen? Well, amen. That's just a little rabbit I chased there. So restoration of all things is where we'd like to get to, but I'm telling you, I believe we need to pass through repentance and refreshing. And I believe that the Lord has wanted to give us refreshing. I believe we've been repenting a whole lot. I've never seen a people so willing to repent. Amen? Hey, by the way, let me tell you, let me remind you of something. Repentance can only be given by God. That's why the man, the servant of God, must not be harsh or argumentative, but he must be faithful to preach the Word of God so that God can give people the repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That they may deliver themselves out of the snare of the devil. See? And so refreshing that has to also come from the Lord. How many know that? And then restoration has to come from the Lord. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build. So really what we're saying is repentance, refreshing, and restoration all come by the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come by our genius or our ability to speak or manip manipulate people or move people through oratory or whatever but it comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what I really want to leave with us this morning. And I, 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 every time I say it, it might be short. It ends up being long, so I'm not going to say that. But I would like to be able to complete a thought that would leave you with this sense. We need the Holy Spirit to come into this place. So I said, when I came in, brother, I brought the Holy Spirit in with me. Well, let me see him. I haven't seen anything, I haven't heard anything that's moved me yet to say that that's the case. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit is in you because of the rebirth. We're talking about the Holy Spirit who comes like the wind. We're talking like the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and fell on them. That's the kind of Holy Spirit we're talking about, amen? And that's what we want. I remember back in 1995, right before our outpouring that we had as we were praying and crying out to the Lord, I, I, I finally got so desperate one time, I was just crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I just want you just to just make me sot, slobber, and drunk. I don't care. It makes no difference to me. Just come and fall on me, Lord. Brad, you're talking about dignity. 
when you get to that place where you don't care about dignity anymore, that's a good place to be. Well, because I never claimed to be much dignified, but, but I was ready to lose my dignity. I didn't make any difference. I, I, wanted, I was crying out for God. I'd been a charismatic up until that time for about 25 years, I believe. Somewhere along, you know, along there, 23. And I was the kind of charismatic that talked a lot about the Holy Spirit but didn't see much. A lot of Pentecostal churches these days are also doing the same thing, talking a lot about the Holy Spirit but not seeing much. But I'm telling you that the Lord wants to show us something. The Lord wants to do something. The Lord wants to move among us so that we can say, that's God. I remember the morning of, of March the 3rd, 1995, when the Spirit was poured out in this very room. I laid on the platform and prayed like a little child, and I said, Lord, come fall on me like you did the people in the Bible. <laughs> Just a few moments, and, I, and I, by the way, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I wanted to make certain I was pray, pray, praying to the right God in the name of the right Jesus. So I gave his address. I said, well, if it's good enough for Oral Roberts, it's good enough for me too. And just in a few moments, I tried to get up because the Lord was moving all over the congregation about that time. And I tried to get up on my feet. And when I tried to get up on my feet, I could not get up. I was so overcome, I couldn't get up. I finally made my way to the pulpit. And I looked at that congregation and I thought about what we'd always said as good charismatics. You know what we used to say as good charismatics? If this is not that, which is spoken of by the prophet Joel, if this is not that, this will do until that comes. Did you ever hear that? You haven't been around very long, have you? We would say that a lot because we were apologizing for what we had. But when I stood up that morning, I can tell you, I could hardly speak, I could hardly open my eyes, really. I was, I was, I was overcome with new, new wine of the Holy Spirit. And I finally said to the people, I said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I'll pour out my spirit in those days. I said, this is it. And I mean to tell you, for the next two years, it was on. Remember that, Trudy? I'm telling you, you couldn't walk in those doors without feeling like you'd walked into God. I feel like you'd want to say, excuse me. My wife had an experience like that at the altar. She was walking around down the altar here and ran into the Lord. She almost knocked her over. Well, okay, I'll give you, give your own testimony. <laughs> Folks, I'm not talking pre pretension here. I'm not talking make-believe. I'm not talking make This is what happened 23 years ago. What will the Lord do now? I don't know. But I know this. Whatever He does, it will be accompanied by his manifested presence. Somebody say manifested. See, that's revealed presence. That's revealed in the realm of the senses. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not glorifying and not contradicting what Pastor Kevin was talking about experiences. We can have an experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about a whole outpouring. A whole outpouring. And what I know has to happen, because it happened in 95 to us, the whole congregation has to get hungry and cry out. The whole congregation has to cry out. If you go back over into the story of Moses, 
and the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 2 and around chapter 3, it says that the Lord got tired of hearing their cry. Basically what it meant. He took notice of their cry and so he came down and did something according to their cry. Now folks, that's where we've got to be according to the cry. Now listen, I want to, I want to make this very clear. Look at 1 John chapter 5. Would you turn there? I can't hear pages turning. Okay. I'm doing my computer up here. I want to give I want to make sure we have a disclaimer so everybody will understand where we are. 1 John chapter 5 verse 7. Let me say this sweetly to you. If you don't have 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 in your Bible, get a Bible that has it. Some Bibles that don't. I used to read out of a Bible that didn't, so I decided to quit reading out of it because of that one verse. Great Bible, great translation. It just it didn't have that verse for whatever reason. Left it out. Said it was a scribal in, uh, interjection. And I'm thinking to myself, you think some scribe would have, have that much audacity to add to the Word of God? I'm, I may not be that smart and intelligent, but I know that to be true. What would be so crazy to add to the Word of God? Amen? Anyhow, that's my disclaimer. But 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 says this, There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And really, more technically, in this passage, I, I could say this, I believe in the Father, and I believe in the Word, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Word is God, and the Word became flesh. Let me ask you, how did He become flesh? By the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to take you to these scriptures. I hope you know these. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, he was conceived when the Holy Spirit came upon her. The power of the highest came upon her and overshadowed her. It was by the Holy Spirit, according to what the angel told her. Amen? And then the Bible tells us that he became strong in spirit. How do you think he became strong in spirit? This is not a catch. Not, not, I'm not trying to catch you off guard. By who? By the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you that. You can write that down so you remember it next time. That's, that's Luke chapter 1, verse 40. Or is it 2, verse 40? Anyhow, you look it up, both, look both of them up, but it's verse 40. He became strong in spirit, and he grew. Even before he was able to choose between the good and the evil, it says, he grew. He grew by the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? He was taught by the Holy Spirit. Remember who had the anointing and who, who possessed the seven spirits of God in Isaiah chapter 11? And, and over in the book of Revelation, he repeat, repeated that. He who has the seven spirits of God, that's the Holy Spirit. That's speaking the seven spirits is talking about the Holy Spirit completely. And then he was anointed to preach. How was he anointed? By by the Holy Spirit. Are you here? You're seeing something pretty consistent. 
And so he did all of his ministry. The Bible says he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. That's what I just quoted. So the Holy Spirit's been involved from the very beginning of his earth pilgrimage until his ministry and even until his death. He was crucified. And let me, let me just give you this by remembrance. When he was raised from the dead, how was he raised from the dead? By the Holy Spirit. I got somebody with me now. We're, we're flowing. By the Holy Spirit. Do you see something consistent here? Everything is by the Holy Spirit. Now, this, this is something I didn't see for many years, my brother. I was reading Acts chapter 1 one day and get verse 2, and I noticed there it said that Jesus was talking to his disciples after his resurrection. And you know what it says? He was doing it by the Holy Spirit. Huh. Do you think we may have been ignoring a little bit of the Holy Spirit? Think about that. If Jesus, from his conception to his growth, to his anointing, to his ministry, to his death and his resurrection, and even after his resurrection, was needing the ministry of the Holy Spirit, how do we stand? I'm like Brother Kevin now. I'm not mad at you. Because I want to tell you this. I, need to, I should have told you this in the beginning so that you wouldn't have your guard up. God's been doing something in me for the past year. That's why I mentioned that year. It's very important. I've been receiving refreshing. I've been receiving repentance. I've been receiving restoration in this past year. And I just believe, by, I'm saying by the grace of God, it's time for me to get what I've been after. It's time for me to receive what I've been after. I've been after him. And something has happened in these last weeks that the Lord has just done something so precious. I can't explain it. It's just beyond understanding. You just know that the Lord's doing it when he's doing it. And I, just, and I couldn't help but stand here today and have to tell you this because that's what I want to talk about. I don't have a point to prove. I just have something I want to share God wants to do, do it to you. But you, you're going to have to pray. See, listen, repentance is not just repentance from deep, dark sins. Repentance is, is repentance from slothfulness, sluggishness, neglectfulness, hard-heartedness. Somebody said, oh my goodness, that's a terrible condition. I just described you a believer in the book of Hebrews. All those things can happen to a believer. It can even happen to a believer standing in the pulpit. Here's to you. We used to say, I want another drink. Hallelujah. Loose him, Lord, and let him go. <laughs> I don't know what you came for, but I hope this was it. I'd hate for you to be disappointed. But to me, that really speaks to me. And when I finally got a hold of that, Lord, Jesus, let, let, let me, get, let me take, get, go back a little further. I want to take you before the foundation of the world. You want to go back that far? 
The Bible talks about what happened before the foundation of the world. You know what I, what I know happened before the foundation of the world? Now listen to me. The Word proceeded from the Father being in the form of God. Being, being the brightness of the glory of God, the express image of the person of God, and yet he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Isn't that something that they have to say, that it, to be equal with God? And yet it says he made of himself no reputation. I'm talking Philippians chapter 2. And he came in the likeness of men. He didn't come on his own. The Bible says he, God sent him, the Father sent him. You know, here, here's, here's what I want to submit to you. When the Word proceeded from the Father to become the expression of the Son who would come into the world for our redemption and for our salvation, my indication is, is that He was doing it all still by the Holy Spirit. He could have operated within Himself as God, but He was still doing it all by the Holy Spirit because it said He took upon Him the form of a servant. How many know the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday? Today, forever. Forever's just not out there. Forever's back there, too, because that's where he came from. See, I've already told you I believe in the God, the, the Word. So he was. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that there's reason enough to believe that he was dependent on the Holy Spirit as a servant son, even before the foundation of the world when he proceeded from the Father. Now, I'm not trying to get into some doctrine that you might think I'm in error on. I, I've been reading this thing and talking, thinking about it for years and years and years, and I stand to be corrected, you know, maybe help state it more correctly, Greg, you know, if, I, if I can, or more accurately. But I can tell you this, if, you can, if God will help you with your heart and your mind, what I want more than anything this morning to do is for you to see how desperate you need to be for the Holy Spirit. Let me throw something else at you. Now, some people don't like to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. Jesus said, baptize them, the converts in Matthew chapter 28, baptize them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Why didn't he say the names of? Somebody said, well, I've heard that in erroneous doctrine, but let me tell you something that's not erroneous. The name of Jesus belongs to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. You can always rest assured when you say Jesus, you have the attention of all three. Are, you, are we on the same page? So when somebody says, well, see, listen, because I'm telling you, that, that's some of the stuff we dealt with back in 95. Well, I'm afraid if I talk to the Holy Spirit, I'll be sh shorting Jesus, you know, I'll be cutting Jesus short. No, no. In Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, that's what it says. In Colossians chapter 1, I believe about verse 13 or somewhere in there, verse 18, I believe it is, says that it pleased the Father that in Him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. So you see, here's what I've concluded from, the, from, from my deductive reasoning from the Scripture. That in the Father dwells all the fullness, in the Son dwells all the fullness, and in the Holy Spirit dwells all the fullness. So listen, the Godhead is not fighting each other for preeminence. Are we on the same page? 
And, but, it's, but it's easy for us because of our religious minds and because of our theological minds, we, we somehow don't want to say Holy Spirit and talk to the Holy Spirit. Well, brother, the Bible said you must speak to the Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and what we've translated that to mean is you ignore the Holy Spirit and don't give Him any attention. And, and that's not good. Because here again, I'm telling you that one of the things that will have to happen in these next days and weeks and months is that we'll have to become desperate for a move of God that only the Holy Spirit can bring. Father sent the Son, and the Son sent the Spirit. Did we have any problem when the Father sent the Son with acknowledging who He was? Why do we have a problem acknowledging who the Son sent? The Holy Spirit's turning to us today and said, listen, ain't nobody else coming. I'm it. Amen? Am I preaching all right so far? Now listen. Turn over to John chapter 14 because this is something I want to challenge you with that we were challenged with 23 years ago. Even after the Holy Spirit had fallen. John 14, 15, and 16 is a treatise, theological treatise of Jesus on the Holy Spirit. My hand's sweaty, so I'm wiping my hand off. Are you there in John chapter 14? Here's to you again. Make certain that my notes are in place. 14, 16. Jesus is talking right before he goes to the cross to his disciples. And what was on his mind more than anything else, as you'll notice, in all three chapters he talks about the Holy Spirit. He could have talked about a lot of things, but he talked about the Holy Spirit. Are you there? Verse 16. I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Also translated comforter. But I like the word helper, because we need help. That it, Jesus said that He may abide with you forever. He's going to abide with us forever, even after the resurrection and all that. He's going to still be, listen, my body is still going to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body will still tabernacle God. As a matter of fact, that's how we're joined with the fullness to God in, is in the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the debt. He paid, he paid the price for all the inheritance, and we got the inheritance. He made, he, the Bible says he qualified us to become partakers of the inheritance of the sons and the light. Before, before we look at this, let me get, go through something I wanted to go through with you and forgot. I gave you Jesus' resume about the beginning to the end of his situation, or the beginning and so forth from all eternity. But what about us? When we got born again, what, what was it by? The Bible says we were born of the Spirit. John chapter 3, verse 6. Whatever is born of the Spirit, born of the Holy Spirit, is Spirit. Our Spirit got born again. 
And then the Bible says he's called us to transformation. Who does the transformation? The Holy Spirit. Hey, you're getting with, getting with me now. We got it. The transformation is by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we with, with open face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of our God. Being born is by the Spirit. Being transformed is by the Spirit. And then the Bible says we're conformed. That same verse can fall into that category. Then we're conformed to the image of Christ. I've been saying this to the Lord for the last few weeks. In Romans chapter 8, it says that the Lord has called us to this calling, to this purpose, that we may be conformed to the image of Christ. Remember that verse you quote when you say, all things work together for good to those that love God? That's one of our favorite. We like to draw that out of the bread box, you know, in the morning. But the purpose that he's called us for is to be conformed to the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Changed from glory to glory, transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit of our God into the same image so that we can be conformed to the image of Him who is the firstborn. This is verse 28, chapter 8. Who is the firstborn among many brethren. And I said, Lord, I want to be one of those many brethren with Jesus. How does that happen? By the Holy Spirit. I think we need to become friends with the Holy Spirit, don't you? I think we need to begin to talk to Him in ways that these scriptures will tell us. I think we need to say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need your help, Lord. Come, help me. Come rise up in me. I've got to talk to some people. Come, be upon me as I talk to them so that something will happen from you that I can't do. I could talk to the cows come home, but you've got to do the work, Lord. I'm glad to speak, but my words will be like falling to the ground. They'll be just a letter if, if, if there's no power from you. The kingdom of God is not in word, letter, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I believe verse 10 somewhere along in there. Okay? The Spirit of truth... Who's the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit. You can say it out loud, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy, 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 holy. Holy Spirit. Amen. I think he likes the notoriety from us, don't you? You know, he loves us. You know the Holy Spirit loves us? You know why I know that? How do I know that? Because the Bible says, God so loved the world. That's how I know he loves me. He doesn't love me because of what I do or because of who I am, but He loves me because he, he is love. Don't forget that. God doesn't love you because He can't help it. He is love. That's who He is. He doesn't have to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to love these people. No, He, he is love. And the Bible says, every son whom He receives, He loves them. And what does He do to sons He receives? Because He loves them. He chastens them. He scourges them, corrects them, and reproves them. For what, for what reason? So we'll be partakers of His holiness. Who is the Spirit? He is Holy Spirit. Guess where that holiness is going to be manifested from? Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why, that's why the movement popped up years ago called the 
holiness, Pentecostal holiness. Their experience translated into that. But this morning, I'm not talking about an experience. I'm talking about a lifestyle. I want to revisit a lifestyle. I'm going to be very honest with you. Back in 95, I had a hard time with it because I was so religious. I had a hard time. I envied people who had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They talked to Him like He was somebody. But I, I found myself, when I was by myself, feeling a little bit awkward. So like when you're with a str- somebody you just met, a stranger, and you're sitting with them and you don't know exactly what to say because you don't have much in common, you don't think. You know what I'm saying? It's a little awkward, isn't it? It's empathetic to have that kind of awkwardness because of your religiosity with the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be good to be able to say to the Holy Spirit, what do you think? Holy Spirit, show me that. Reveal that to me. You're my helper. I'm leaning on you, Lord. Isn't that good? Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you. I told my wife the other day. I, I, I don't know if you know this about me. My dad deserted me when I was five years old. I told my wife. I'm just making more cry thinking about. It. I told my wife though they were sitting in the swing, and I said, "Hun, I thought we were in the kitchen." And I said, "You know, I used to be a very lonely person. I mean, it was, loneliness was almost tangible. You ever heard the saying, you can be lonely in a crowd?'" I understand what that means. I had an orphan kind of spirit, feeling deserted. And that's a terrible spirit to have because you become very insecure. And you lash out at people. And you think everybody's against you and everybody's talking about you. Does that sound like anybody to you? Shake your head. You can shake your head. 90% of you are that way, if not all of you. Because invariably, if we don't have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're carrying an orphan spirit. But thank God we can get delivered from it. Tracy talks about that a lot, doesn't she? She's getting delivered. She got delivered, she's been delivered, and she will be delivered. How? By the Holy Spirit. Look at chapter 15. Let's see. No, before we leave 14, let's see. Look at 18, verse 18. We've already done 18. Look at verse 26. That's where we want to go. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. Holy Spirit, come come teach us today. Come teach us. Come write it out. Come make it plain. Make it clear, Lord. You know, I'm having a tough time. I just need you to teach me. The Bible says that this new covenant has this strange thing happening. He puts His Word in our heart, and He puts His Word in our mind. I put a point to my head, but that's not really the mind. That's where the brain is. He puts His Word in our mind, and then He writes on our heart, and He writes in our mind. Who do you think does that? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I got a convert up here. She's getting loud. Ooh, glory. Amen. And he will bring to your remembrance the things, all things that I said to you. Wouldn't that be good to have him re- reminding you? I got a lot of things I need to be reminded. Maybe, maybe the Lord will help me and I start saying, Lord, help me to remember what my wife said. So she'll know that I'm hanging on every word she says. <laughs> Let's hurry along. Chapter 15.
Again, we want to make certain you see that, that there's the helper. Verse 26. When the helper comes, there's that helper again. Did I, did I tell you the Greek word is paraclete? If you want to write down that word, because it's a good word to remember, a good Greek word to remember. Paraclete. Which really means, the, the literal translation and understanding of it is, one who comes along beside of. Holy Spirit, I need your help. But you know the wonderful thing is I can, I can speak within my own heart even as I woke up this morning. I can say, good morning, Holy Spirit. See, Benny Hinn's not the only one who can say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Billy, Benny Hinn's not the only one who can say, come, Holy Spirit. We can all say that. Amen? Are you at verse 26? When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. There's the Trinity right there in that one verse. The Father, send the Holy Spirit, talk about me, Jesus. So if you're in denial of the Trinity, you're in bad shape theologically and biblically. Amen? Look at chapter 16. I'm hastening to the end. Chapter 16, verse 7. And this is, this is a verse that's really sweet to me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the paraclete, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And he did. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He's the convictor. You better, you better be wanting him to convict you. That's one of my prayers. Lord, convict us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Lord, that's your business. That we may be converted and become as little children and enter the kingdom of God for the life that now is and the life that is to come. Amen? I want, I want that kingdom right now, don't you? How many of you know the kingdom of God has come? The kingdom of God has come. But how, do, how many of you know that the kingdom of God is coming? How many of you know the kingdom of God will come? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has got a big job in that, hasn't he? Romans 14, 17, write this down. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The old line Pentecostal, the Holy Ghost. But it's really pneuma, Greek word pneuma, spirit. Ain't no any word ghost there, is it? Only ghost we got to be concerned about is Casper. That's Holy Spirit. Amen. And then, so, verse 13. I've already seen yeah. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, who's he talking about, Spirit of truth? Holy Spirit. He will guide you. He'll do what? He'll guide you into all truth, and he will not speak of himself on his own authority, but what even he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. See, somebody, some people think because we talk to the Holy Spirit and we have discourse with the Holy Spirit, it's like we're not bringing glory to Jesus. That's all glory to Jesus. We don't have this conversation with the Holy Spirit except for Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb. That's it. God's made a new and fresh way for us to go through that narrow place 
into the Holy of Holies by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus. So when I'm having discourse with the Holy Spirit, it's by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Well, I can chase something there, but I'll stop right now. I'm finished. I'm not through, but I'm finished. I almost concluded this morning I want to have questions, but I'm not going to do that. I'll jump out in the deep. Got any questions? You got any questions, Wally? And it isn't it interesting that we, we talk, uh, I was really talking in the context of just talking to him. But religiously, we, can, we call that prayer. Since when can we not talk to the Father, to the Lord Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit? Since when can we not say, I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Jesus. I love you three who are one. You are my God. You are my Lord. You are the eternal spirit. I know who you are. And I love you and I worship you and praise you. Again, always remember this, and I believe you know this, Wally, but I'm just saying it. There is no competition in the Godhead. The Bible makes, listen, this is, this is free for you. The Bible makes it very clear that the Father is the head of Christ. And Christ is the head of man. Don't run out the door with it, ladies. Man is the head of woman. Married. Man's not the head of all women. Married. And so in that, and that's, and I'm quoting you scripture. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So the, so the reason we know the headship is a secret there. Jesus said, the Father is greater than I. Remember that? The reason he's greater than, than, than the, uh, the, the, the Father's greater is because he's the headship. Because Jesus proceeded from him. And I can see that in creation because the reason that man's in headship is not because he's so intelligent. He's in headship because woman came out of him. Can you see, the, can you see that picture? Because woman came out of him, he's her headship. And that is seen perfectly in the marital relationship. This is not something that's a good idea. That's something that's an eternal truth, a created truth. And that witnesses, that woman coming out of man witnesses to the eternal Godhead. So there's no competition in the, in the Godhead. Am I making it a little... More clear, I hope I can, Wally. Did I, I didn't interrupt your question, did I? I can hear somebody saying, I got a word from the Lord. They're saying, oh God, don't let anybody ask any more questions. <laughs> You'll be like my children. My children used to tell me, Daddy, you preach a message before the message, and then you preach a message after the message. <laughs> and, and they would say things like, Dad, 
basically, do me a favor, don't use us as illustrations anymore. <laughs> I tell you, God gives a, gives a man a family to humble him. I can tell you that right now. But this is, this is what I had in my heart today. I want us to become preoccupied with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you that over these next weeks, Diane, I'm going to be, I'm going to be seeking to be preoccupied with the Holy Spirit. You know what that will do for you if you become preoccupied with the Holy Spirit? I, I say to him now all the time, I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to quench you. I don't want to weary you. I don't want to burden you. I don't want to crush your heart. That's all scripture, by the way. The Bible says that it happens to God. We're, he's wearied with our iniquities and he's burdened by our sins. Crush his heart. Jeremiah talked about that and the Lord spoke about his heart being crushed. Holy Spirit is grieved and quenched. We've got those recorded, haven't we? And I said, Lord, I, I, so, so in order for that to happen, I must be conscious of you all the time. Now listen, you don't have to raise your hand, but I know this is the case. Invariably, you'll find yourself unconscious about God. How do I know? Because you can do things that you would never do in His presence if you're not conscious of God. Only the Holy Spirit can make you conscious of His presence. I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm talking about conscience. Conscious. Conscience. Conscious. They go together. Conscious of it. You sense it. You, you, you're talking about imagination. This is where you can use your imagination. That's appropriate to use your imagination. He's there with you. He's listening. If you want somebody who's a good listening partner, he'll hang on every word. I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always. I'll be with you now. You getting ready to walk through this? I'll walk right through it with you. I'll hold your hand. I'm your helper. I'm your comforter. You know, it's okay. Everything's okay. I'm with you in the fire. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up.